I am Tovacito. I believe our lives should be happy, healthy, and abundant. And I believe it's our job to get us there. Every week, I will have inspiring, educational, and fun conversations that will help you live your very best life. Welcome to The Remedy. Hey everyone, this is Tova Sido with the next episode of The Remedy. And I, um, I am so looking forward to today and for the next few minutes that I get to share with a woman named Julie Boris. I just met Julie in the parking lot today. So you guys are getting um, a, a getting to know this amazing, smart um, woman that came highly recommended. Um, you're going to get to know her just like I am today. And I'm so thankful that you came and so grateful that you're here today. So Julie, um, tell me about where you work and what you do. Okay. Thank you for having me. Oh, okay. so glad you're here. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so I work at Walker Wellness Clinic. It's an eating disorder clinic. It's We offer standard and outpatient, standard outpatient care, intensive and standard care. And um, I work on a treatment team there. And um, uh, what brought me to Walker is um, I used to do, uh, I did counseling. Um, I had my own little counseling practice and I worked mostly with sports nutrition and competitive athletes. And I found that a lot of my, my clients had disordered eating or full-blown eating disorders. And so just ethically, I didn't feel like I could work, um, independently with them. And I was sought out treatment facilities and, um, I chose Walker and, and that's why, what, that's what brought me there. Okay. And what, what makes you, what, what got you into this? What made you passionate about eating disorders or, well, or, or disordered eating, as you said, and I don't know the difference. Okay. So maybe that's something that you could, you could tell us. Yeah. So what brought me into really to have a passion for eating disorders is because I have my own story that I'm very open about. Um, back in high school and early college, um, I struggled myself with anorexia nervosa and bulimia nervosa. And I um, Thankfully, I'm here today, fully recovered, have been for years, but um, I think that was the beginning of it, and I always had an interest in nutrition and psychology. So my background is, um, I have a bachelor's in psychology and a master's in nutrition, um, and I worked in the clinical field, um, I had my own private practice, and I just feel like it just, you know, got me, brought me back to, you know, eating disorders, just specializing because it's um, something that I'm, you know, very familiar with myself, but, um, and can relate to, um, but also see there's a lot of people out there that um, are fearful about going into treatment and, and seeking out help. And so that's, you know, something I've, that you feel passionate about mm -hmm. because you are now on the other side of it mm -hmm. and you believe that it can happen. Right. Gratefully so. I'm on the other side of it. So, well, I wanted, I called you earlier, um, this week mm -hmm. because I wanted to talk about eating disorders and I wanted to talk about body image mm -hmm. and I wanted to talk about not even specifically, I think, I think people, um, hear about eating disorders mm -hmm. and hear about body image and they immediately think this is a female problem or mm -hmm. this is a young 
female problem. Yeah. Um, you know, I have a 14 year old daughter and I, I have already seen mm-hmm. her looking at herself in the mirror and being judgmental about what she sees. And of course I look at her and I, I see nothing but this beautiful creature that mm-hmm. God created and everything about her is perfect to me. But she, she looks in the mirror often, mm-hmm. um, as I have in my past and mm-hmm. I've never struggled with an eating disorder, but I have looked in the mirror and, and instead of seeing everything that's right, I have, right. I have seen everything that's wrong. And I think that, I don't think this is a, woman issue. I don't think it's a little girl issue. I don't think it's a teenage girl issue. I Mm -hmm. think this is a human issue. Um, Because I think that men struggle with this as well. So Mm -hmm. even even if guys aren't talking about it with other guys the way women do with other women... I, I believe that they are looking at themselves, comparing, um, and, and judging mm-hmm. themselves against others about what they feel like they should look like that they don't look like. Mm-hmm. So I think this is a human issue, and I wanted you to come in here today to help us. How do we, how do we stop being so critical and so unkind mm-hmm. to these these vessels, yeah. these beautiful vessels that we have been given to mm-hmm. hold our souls and spirits um, in this lifetime. Yeah. So when you, when people come see you and when people have come in for treatment or even just come in because they're struggling, mm-hmm. what, what, are the, what, are, what are the biggest issues that you see? At the root of all eating disorders is restriction. So whether or not you're, if you've restricted sort of long-term, you know, and, and that's your main behavior, it, that's usually what, you know, is anore- what we see with anorexia. Um, uh, but restriction is at the, the core of, of every single eating disorder. So if And I'm sure there's, even though there's a diagnosis, mm-hmm. if you, you know, you can be diagnosed with an eating disorders, I think that... I mean, I'm sure, and correct me if I'm wrong, but every single person listening to this has restricted Mm -hmm. themselves to some degree, whether it's I'm not going to have sugar or I'm going to cut out um, carbs Mm -hmm. or I'm not going to eat after five anymore or I'm going to eat for six hours a day, you know, whatever it is, all of us have tried something. Right. Um, We have restricted in some way. Right. So it's just, it's, you, you just, you covered a lot. Mm-hmm. So that's right. And it's kind of a, it becomes real chronic. And so every day you're kind of living in a, a, a calorie deficit. You're not meeting your caloric needs. Now, when we talk about anorexia, it's, you know, you're kind of a, in a severe deficit where it starts, um, you're not even supporting your metabolism, um, that doesn't so your meta- metabolism is one thing, and then adding to that is your, you know, calories for activities of daily living, and then on top of that is, um, you know, any exercise you throw in there. So you're not even meeting your metabolic needs for the day. So over time, what happens is you would, if you're not supporting, you don't have enough calories to support your bodily processes, then you start seeing um, things like trouble with focus, um, your body is not able to, um, maintain 
98.6 degrees. Um, mm-hmm. Your body responds by not, you don't have as many respirations in a, in a minute. So breathing in, breathing out, your heart rate slows down. Mm-hmm. Um, your, this is specifically with anorexia nervosa. Yeah, it's, and it, yes. Okay. Yeah, and that's just with a severe um, calorie restriction. Okay. We'll do that. Um, um, nutrient deficiencies, you stop having your menstrual cycle, which, uh, you know, um, very serious, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's a little bit by bit, different things get hit. Get compromised Um, inside mm -hmm. of us. Yeah. It's kind of like, I've heard the analogy that it's like your smartphone when you're not, when it's not you know, plugged into an energy source over time, you know, how does, what does your body do? What does your phone do? It starts, um, slowly, you know, like the screen dims, you know, start, you know, Mm -hmm. the apps don't show up and that's kind of what happens. And a lot of it's really silent. So you may not know that your body is compromised in a way that you're not able to heal the way you would Mm -hmm. from, um, an injury or, you know, mm. and all the different ways that compromised, a lot of it's pretty silent, but basically muscle breaks down, the heart muscle, the, you know, mm. everything slows serious, down. Your, serious It's stuff. very serious. And so it's really interesting because um, while people feel like that's the way to weight loss and long-term weight loss, it's actually so, you know, it's obviously with anorexia, it's, it's very serious. Um, but as a, as a weight control measure, it actually works against what ultimately you're trying to do because as you consume less calories, the body is, is, is very sophisticated and it, and it will adapt to less calories to the point where it'll start using the calories you do provide much more efficiently, but it creates a real sluggish metabolism. So when you, when you decide to abandon the diet and resume normal eating again, the body now the body has learned to live on less, mm-hmm. and so all those additional calories then, um, if you're not expending them, then they go into storage, and mm-hmm. so the weight that's where um, that's so interesting. It's really interesting, and so there's a so lot. you really can mess up your mm-hmm. metabolism by restrictive eating. Yeah. Now, can that be restored? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And I mean, I, at, at the risk of simplifying things here, so because I, I understand we're talking about, you know, a, you know, when I say anorexia, you know, there's also just some just generalized restrictive eating and, you know, where people occasionally skip meals, but, but all of that. Any so there's restri- levels. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and, but any kind of restriction actually works against you. So you say, how do you restore that? It sounds so simple, but it's eating. Mm. Eating is your friend. People worry that, you know, if I, I, it's, it's at the end of the day, it's the sum of your caloric intake versus Mm -hmm. what you expend during the day. So every time you eat, you're kind of giving your metabolism a little kickstart. So while we, uh, we used to say that they used to think that exercise was the number one way to rev up your metabolism, really um, eating in itself is even more beneficial so the you're you're just as long as you're not um as long as you're eating every 3 to 4 hours um that's the very best way to then to keep your body going and to regulate that metabolism the if you have a healthy efficient working metabolism that's the very best thing mm-hmm. and then you know we could talk about um um intuitive eating also and you know learning to respond to your natural 
hunger and fullness cues, but... What um, is that? Tell uh, me about intuitive eating. Okay. So when I went through, um, during my recovery or treatment, um, I learned about intuitive eating, although we didn't call it intuitive eating back then. It was it was sort of just mindful eating and learning that you're born with the ability to to know when to eat mm-hmm. and know when to stop eating. You mm-hmm. know, just like your children. Mm-hmm. So when mom, I'm full. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And then when they're hungry, they sure let you know, mm-hmm. and they 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 are able to stop eating. You know, when the body starts feeling comfortably full and they're satisfied. But what happens through dieting and when we ignore those natural signals of hunger and, you know, people do that mute, those signals become muted over time. Mm -hmm. So imagine your body, you know, giving you that signal and you just, you know, repeatedly ignore it. So Mm -hmm. by skipping meals or I'm going to just exercise through this Mm -hmm. and ignore that or maybe I'll smoke a cigarette or, I mean, Mm -hmm. people can come up with a whole lot of different ways to manipulate Mm -hmm. and sort of ignore that hunger. Well, that gauge gets confused over time. And so we'd learn to not be able to trust because, you know, the body's, it's just confused. We don't Mm -hmm. know when we're actually hungry anymore. Um, It also, um, so, so eating intuitively is really honoring that hunger. Mm-hmm. The first signs of, of hunger, it's, it's, dis, it's responding by eating. Okay. Eating when you're hungry. Eating when you're hungry. It sounds really simple, but honestly, it's, the, <laughs> it's probably the healthiest approach um, to eating and, and for long-term weight management and just a healthy lifestyle. You know, so, and then also the other part of it is, is stopping then when you're feeling that comfortable fullness. So we like to say that if there's a hunger scale of zero to 10, zero is absolutely starving, Mm -hmm. 10 being really uncomfortably full, starting to eat when you're at about a three Mm -hmm. and stopping when you're at about a seven. Mm -hmm. So what happens then if you're not experiencing those extremes, extreme hunger, extreme fullness, that's usually when we make your best decisions Mm -hmm. around food. That's good. If you're eating, if you wait to that point of you're shaking, you know, you you're can't cranky. Hardly, yeah, you're cr- <laughs> you're ornery, mm-hmm. right? You're hangry. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when usually you're going to grab for uh, oh, yeah. whatever you can. If I go there, I'm going to have, and we go to a restaurant, I'm going to eat all the chips mm-hmm. and salsa and queso before my meal comes because I'm, I waited too long. Certainly. Yeah. Of course you will. Because your biology is yeah. kicking in and saying, look, I can't wait any longer. Yeah. And then also when you eat to that point where you you kind of bypass that comfortable fullness and you get to that point where you're at a nine or 10 mm-hmm. and you consistently do that, that's where the guilt sets in and those, you know, feelings of shame and disgust. Mm-hmm. And, and then that often leads to, um, you know, the, the overeating and, and not being able to sit with that overeating and that fullness often leads to some of the compensating behaviors like um, purging, mm-hmm. excessive exercising, mm-hmm. using laxatives. Because mm. so you just feel so disgusting. To rid the body of the calories. And, and, you know, and that's where all the unhealthy thinking sets into. Mm-hmm. Um, so it sounds well, really... I'm sure it just, all that, all that bad to... And I, I mean, it's not bad behavior, but what you perceive, I'm sure, when you're in the middle of it as bad behavior, you 
you it probably just perpetuates yeah. the bad behavior because right. it's probably I'm thinking a cycle right that you that you just can't get out of yeah so usually that you know a lot of our patients will come in and they've gotten in you know they tried that first diet there's nothing more seductive than the first diet because mm. it works mm. you know the very first time a, a young girl goes on a diet you know with her girlfriends you know maybe you know 90% of them <laughs> abandon the diet after mm-hmm. a week or so because mm-hmm. it's so, you know what happens. All you can think about is food, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You don't feel so great. And there's that one girl, though, that, you know, can keep up with it for a long time and mm-hmm. stays in that restrictive cycle. And that that's the girl that's going to be most prone to developing a full-blown eating disorder. But back to the dieting, um, there's they those, you're likely to experience some success, quote-unquote success, if you will, um, some weight loss. Mm-hmm. But you're never going to be able to achieve really what you achieved that first time because mm-hmm. the body adapts to mm-hmm. it. The body mm-hmm. doesn't like to be in a restrictive mm-hmm. pattern. So it so starts that, to take care of itself. Yeah, and it, it starts to, yeah, that's a great way to say it. And so that, but when people go on and off diets, you know, in that continual effort to achieve what they achieved that first time, um, and they start weight cycling, that is far more detrimental than had they just allowed themselves to, you know, just, you know, it's, you know, carry a little extra weight and just, you start to learn how to, um, I mean, being overweight does not mean unhealthy Mm -hmm. against what popular belief is, doesn't necessarily mean that you're unhealthy. And, and explain, speak more to that. Convince, convince us convince of that. You, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I think, I, I don't think people, first of all, go on diets because they're, most of the time, well, I guess some people go on diets because they're trying, because of they're concerned about their health, but oftentimes people do For because sure. aesthetically they're not happy with the way mm-hmm. their body, because there's mm-hmm. a whole big mega industry out there that, that makes sure that we don't feel content with ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's where, you know, then why we seek out those diets, you know, to, you know, a lot of times it's, I think that's the initial reason, right? Because mm-hmm. the, I think first diet is somewhere around 11, 12, 13 years old, wow. you know, some that's version, young. some version yeah. of something they've read in the media or in a, you know. Or something their parents, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it can come from anywhere. Something mm-hmm. their friend told them about. That's right. So on that, to go back just a little bit, starting to eat at a three, finishing at a seven, Mm -hmm. um, I think that for most people, because there's not shame associated with being hungry, Mm -hmm. it's not bad to be hungry, but it's bad, I would think, to be too full. Mm. It's bad to eat too much. And yet I think, I'm assuming it would make sense to me because of there's a need for you that people don't know how to listen or hear mm-hmm. I'm at a seven. Right. So how, how do, how do we stop at a seven? Okay. When, when there's still food on our plate and it's still really good and right. we want it. Okay. Oh my gosh. We could talk about this for a really long time <laughs> um, because I think it's interesting how people learn different mantras that work 
in eating disorder recovery. There's just a different messages. The way we, it's almost like you you're talking to yourself and let instead of and talking to the food. Not really, not out loud, but just, (laughs) that'd be weird. But, you know, as opposed to the food really talking to you and telling you, no, you've got to have this because I'll never, you'll never allow yourself to have this again. And so it's all now, baby. You got to, you know, and. It's right in front uh, of you. Go for it. As opposed Mm -hmm. to saying, you know, I'm really comfortable right now with how much I've eaten and I have some choices. Mm -hmm. I can take the rest home or, or. You know, maybe it's not going to taste as good, so I won't take it home. But I know I can always come back mm-hmm. tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I have the resources to do that. Um, it's it's understanding, too, like there's that whole diminishing returns. Mm-hmm. When you eat, you know, I mean, honestly, the first few bites of a chocolate bar are the best, mm-hmm. right? And, I mean, I understand that you might want to keep eating, keep eating, but it's also just allowing yourself to really savor every bite mm-hmm. and to notice, and this is going to sound a little goofy too, but, like, engaging all your senses. Mm. Like, what no. does it smell like? I think I mean, that's how amazing. Often do the, we just override yeah. that? And we're just, like, going, and we're just yeah. so, so disconnected from what we're eating as opposed to, you know, really saying, I, this is so awesome. I love it. Thank you for making this, you know, mm-hmm. enjoying the smell, enjoying the taste, the mouthfeel, and, and really Slowing savoring down. it and being mm-hmm. still with it, not distracted, but really, you know, enjoying it. And, and also, you know, um, again, it's the, so I used to say to myself, not now, but later. Well, what that meant for me was, um, I can have this anytime I want. It's, it's so good, but I'm, I mean, I, I think I'm going to stop right now because this is a point where I know I feel comfortable, and I'm not going to have to deal with the aftermath and the body or the, um, you know, the beating, being self-critical. Mm-hmm. I know that's mm-hmm. coming. Mm-hmm. If I overeat, mm-hmm. I know I might even have a tendency to want to purge this. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to stop right now and and just and sit with it and sit with my fullness. And mm-hmm. it was, you know. Um, but also it's, you know, just when you're eating out with your friends, it's, you know, focusing in on the connection with your friends mm-hmm. and the conversation and those mm-hmm. memories. And I know that sounds a little silly too, but it's, it's true. We, I mean, we go out and we enjoy, like we go to certain restaurants because obviously the food's good and, mm-hmm. you know, but that's only a part of the, part of it, mm-hmm. you know, it's, um, really relishing that too. Um, I feel but, like. I feel like there's something, I mean, I've, I've traveled a bit and I feel like America has just really messed that up. Mm -hmm. Um, you go to, I mean, I've spent time in South America where a meal is, is, is a, it's not, it's not come sit down. I mean, my kids, can I be excused? You know, eat, eat, eat. Can I be excused? Mm -hmm. And, and, you go to you you leave America and you go to another culture right. and the meal is it is about the food and it is about the drink but mm-hmm. it's way more about right. the people that are sitting next to you and right. and there has to be some correlation yeah and correct me if I'm wrong no you're right on track here b- between mm-hmm. the obesity mm-hmm. in America and 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 how many cultures outside of America mm-hmm. don't deal with that. And yet their relationship with food is so 
different. Right. That's a that's a great way to say it. Um, so there there was a big study, and I'm not going to be able to quote it okay. well, but it's um, but it was I believe it was Belgium and France. Um, anyway, there was there was a handful of countries, and um, America rated you know the, as the un- most unhealthy. Um, of all of these countries, but also what they found is in, in by and large in all those other countries, the, the length of the meal time was so much longer than ours, mm-hmm. even when they would eat out fast food, even at a fa- fast food restaurant, it was so much longer than what we do in, in America. We don't value mm-hmm. sitting down and really savoring, know, savoring and it, all, mm-hmm. all aspects mm-hmm. Of, We're of always the, in a hurry. Yeah, I'm, yeah. we are always and in a hurry. And so I think there's a, the expectation is different mm-hmm. in some of those countries. And um, it's just interesting because, you know, there's the whole, you know, red wine, you know, paradox too. And But the, yeah, I mean, the rich in Belgium, I mean, they have the Belgium chocolate, chocolates and they, but they don't, they don't eat them the way we do it. <laughs> they, they savor it, you yes, know. Yes, so, um So again, I think, to your point, you know, we you slow down and you enjoy the time mm. with the people you're with, mm-hmm. or even if you're alone, it's just a nice environment. It's not I'm not on my phone, I'm not distracted, and and you're eating at a rate that's slow enough that your body actually has an opportunity to to signal Catch the, up. to signal the brain mm-hmm. when you're when you're full and you're not eating so fast that you you know you. You go past it. the seven because mm-hmm. you didn't even give your body time to right to adjust. Yeah. So to that point, uh, physiologically, mm-hmm. how long does it like once the food hits our mouth to the time that it gets to our stomach to the stomach tells our brain right. that we've had enough? What is that time period? It's usually about twenty minutes. Okay. So yeah. we need twenty minutes yeah. before from the first bite. Before yeah. we ever even know, mm-hmm. you know, I have three kids, um, 14, 14, 13, and my oldest, he is, he's just, he has no issues around food, mm-hmm. none whatsoever. And when he, he has a couple of bites of something or, you know, a handful mm-hmm. bite, and he's like, I'm full. Now he'll come back. He'll come, my other two eat more and mm-hmm. they come back there's more space in between mm-hmm. the time that he, but I'm always, I mean, he just, that, whatever registers to, yeah. from the stomach to the brain that says I'm full, I'm always like, God, I wish, I wish I had, yeah. I wish I was more in tune to that because mm-hmm. I have it, but yeah. I wish we were all, like, I look at how he eats and he's right. just, I'm mm-hmm. full. Yeah. And, and then, you know, a couple hours later, he's back in the kitchen. He's mm-hmm. like, I'm, now I'm hungry. And yeah. he, he just has a healthy balance. Sure. So how do we find that? Yeah, I, I mean, it is, a, it's, it's attunement. You know, it's um, being... It's all the things you say, just slowing yeah, down. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of people um, feel like it's a little bit indulgent to you know, during their daily lives, breakfast and lunch, a dinner, it, it maybe seems a little bit easier to do, but during breakfast and lunch to really, when you're by yourself, to not have your phone going or be watching the TV and checking the news or reading, going through paperwork and answering emails. I mean, but just really um, giving yourself, protecting that time mm-hmm. and get, you know, it's it's sort of a, a gift 
But a lot of good things happen when you do that, where you take the time to not eat in the car on the way to work. I mean, mm-hmm. I know, you know, that's probably not possible every day, but just really allowing yourself time. And it's really, it's kind of protecting your meal time. I, I would, I would venture to say we would have a lot less of a weight issue in this country if people really almost scheduled and protected that time, mm. you know, That's to just great, to, s- to slow down and not feel like they needed to multitask. And mm-hmm. it just kind of goes back to that, you know, really deciding when, you know, you've reached that comfortable fullness mm-hmm. and then being willing to, not afraid to throw something away mm-hmm. and, um, or bring it home for later, mm-hmm. you know, um, um, but, you know, unfortunately, the the diet industry wins a lot, and it's because um, it's just part of the culture. And I, you know, there's a whole, you know, it's sort of like if you sit with your female friends or your male friends. I mean, there's people are always talking about um, the latest and greatest mm-hmm. um, approach to, you know, <laughs> it's whether so it's a true. high fat, high protein, so low carb vice versa, Mm -hmm. you know, switch it up in any way, you know, try, you know, even being gluten-free or vegan, like just trying all these different things instead of trusting, you know, that maybe the body's a little bit more sophisticated than we give it credit for. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, maybe it possibly could, you know, give us the signals, you know, and tell us what we need, regardless of what we're eating. Mm -hmm. So obviously if you have something that's higher fat, higher protein, you're going to feel your fullness faster because, Mm -hmm. you know, um, protein will do that. Mm -hmm. You know, carbohydrates are the preferred source of energy. So you absolutely need to have carbohydrates as your foundation to your diet. That's what your, you know, the body, um, lives on. I mean, the brain lives on, but it's, um, but it's also, um, all the macronutrients important. So you can't eliminate one, um, What's and, a macronutrient? Oh, um, a macronutrient would be protein, carbohydrates, okay. and fats. Okay. And fats are the more, most calorically dense. So when you have, and they're just as important as the other two. Um, and so, but it just, when when you eat something that has fat in it, it's going to, it's going to um, have, ha, it's more You're sustaining. You're going to feel fuller, longer. longer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I notice that when I mm-hmm. make my kids eggs and bacon in the morning versus we run and get donuts. Right. I mean, absolutely. There's a big difference in how they feel, how mm-hmm. they act, even how they act. Right. And, uh, and how long it sustains them. Right. I've, right. I mean, just in, in being a mom, mm-hmm. I've, I've noticed a difference in that. I picked up on that before I ever even learned yeah. that how much longer and better protein was in the morning for right. kids. Right. And, and when you were thinking about the eating disorder, world um, population you know pr- the protein and fat is it's your friend I mean because a lot of times depending on what you're what you're struggling with um, a lot of times it's really hard to if you're constantly eating through the day so for some people that's really hard versus mm-hmm. you know because so when you're eating strict straight carbohydrates mm-hmm. and then you know the body processes that quickly and then it's like oh my gosh now it's back to making more decisions around food you know, mm. adding in protein at every meal and being able to, you know, experience that fullness a little bit longer can be a real positive. Mm. There's so much psychology to all this. Oh, I, I'm sure. Um, I think I'm sure it's all of, I mean, yeah. so much of 
mm-hmm. our relationship with food has to do with what's going on between our two ears. Yeah. I mean, I, I've seen it in myself. I've seen it in mm-hmm. f- friends. I mean, it's, it's a real, it is, r- the struggle is real. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let me ask you a question, Julie, um, about the way we see ourselves mm-hmm. eating, um, is one thing, but so much of how we eat is driven by what we see mm-hmm. when we look in the mirror. Right. So oftentimes, uh, I'll look in the mirror and, you know, people are kind and they say really kind things, you know, Toby, you, I love your blah, blah, you know, good skin and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, when oftentimes when I look in the mirror, I see, I see everything that's wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And so how, how do we, how do we become, and I love the word that you used when we were talking earlier, content. Mm-hmm. I don't need to feel amazing. I mean, about the way that I look, right. you know, I'm 46 years old and, and I don't expect to look in the mirror every day and be like, damn girl, yeah. you know, I mean, right. I don't need to blow myself away, Yeah. but how, how do we, all of us, no matter what we look mm-hmm. like no matter how we feel, how right. do we look in the mirror and see the gift mm-hmm. that is our vessel yeah. instead of, and, and content? Yeah. I mean, I just think that's a beautiful word. Yeah. Versus so critical. How right. do we lose that voice in our heads? Yeah. Um, well, I think um, how do we lose it or how do we get rid of the, the negative? Yeah. That yeah. Yeah, because it's when when things aren't right, when you're feeling less than for whatever reason, it's you know, obviously that we're we're in, we our body's an easy target. Mm-hmm. It's just it's it's usually the the our the go-to. So how do we counter that? It I would say it's speaking truth to ourselves. Mm-hmm. So whether it's, you know, daily declarations that you come up with, you know, it's um, I think it really, I would say that start it by saying this, it's like giving yourself permission to be kind to yourself mm. because the things that you think in your head, you would never say to a friend Mm-mm. because you, first of all, you don't feel that way about them, you know, right. but we don't, we don't <laughs> value ourselves the way we do other people and our children. I'm going to get emotional, <laughs> but it's so true. You mm-hmm. know, you have a daughter and you know, you want her to see the truth of who she is and that her worth has is not at all, not the least bit tied yeah. to this. To her, her butt. Yes. <laughs> it's that's, not. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, I think it's a, it's daily work though. Mm-hmm. It's really true though. If you choose to invest your time in things that make you feel depleted, mm-hmm. right? If it's, whether it's social media mm-hmm. or it's even programming on TV or, or the circles that we run in, mm-hmm. or it's an unhealthy relationship. I mean, mm-hmm. it's to be honest about that. Mm-hmm. Those are things are not breathing life into you. If yeah. they're not breathing life into you, then they don't have a place in your life. Mm-hmm. So it's finding that truth for me. Um, I could never talk about my story without talking about my faith mm-hmm. because and this is getting real, real. Um, at the point where I had sort of um, started engaging in purging, mm-hmm. I remember one day literally being on my knees in the bathroom, and I, I just 
I just looked up and I just mm-hmm. I started praying, and I said, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. I know I'm so much better than this. I know that I'm, I know why I do this, and I know the pressure that I put myself under and the expectations I have myself for myself, and I just I think it was. I don't know. It was the Lord speaking into my heart and saying, "You are so you I did not die on the cross for you to do this to yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, you're so much more. I want to give you rest and peace mm-hmm. and it's it's possible." So, I think for me it was my faith mm-hmm. and the the those daily reminders. I had a loving um boyfriend who became my spouse mm-hmm. who um never made me feel like I was less than. I mean, if any, you know, so I was very fortunate that way. I had a strong support system. Mm -hmm. And and I would say that, you know, it's a lot of it's being radically honest Mm -hmm. and not being afraid to show who you really are. Mm Because we do walk through life with all kinds of masks on Mm -hmm. and having those people in our life that we're willing to be completely, you know, transparent with Mm -hmm. and say, I'm really struggling right now. Mm -hmm. This is a triggering situation for me. And so, you know, don't be offended, but I, I, you know, I can't, um, you know, I can't put myself there right now. Mm -hmm. Now that's, that's not an issue for me, but I do think, you know, early, and, and whether or not you f- you feel like you have a full blown eating disorder, it's still it's like protecting your time. Mm-hmm. It's protecting your mind mm-hmm. and the garbage we put in or choose mm-hmm. not to, mm-hmm. um, and just speaking truth. Like yeah. we know, like we're you know, there's nothing. It's so true that we are so much kinder to. I mean, the things that I have said to Tova, mm-hmm. I would never ever ever say to. Anyone. Right. And, you know, it's funny when I, I used to work at, with youth min, in a youth ministry, and I used to, one of the things that I would say to them is get rid, when it comes to how we look at ourselves, get rid of the roommate in your head. Mm-hmm. Because you, if you lived with someone who spoke to you the way that you can speak to you, right. you would kick them out. Right. You would not want to live with that person anymore. Right. And so I think I mean it sounds it sounds so simple, but I do think what you, I think your advice is really good. Like just start another mm-hmm. conversation in your mind. Right. And and it starts with looking in the mirror and and when you have a tendency to god those crow's feet are really coming or god look at the wrinkles under my chin or when why is my body so disproportionate you know right. why why is the top so much smaller than the bottom right or look at the wrinkles on my knees that's what that's one <laughs> that's coming i'm like okay i've got to stop right um i gotta yeah. stop this i'm I'm 46. I should mm-hmm. have wrinkles on my knees. Mm-hmm. I should have right. lines around my eyes. Yeah. And it's those not- are all indications of life. It is. A beautiful life. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. it's just remembering that those those battle wounds mm-hmm. and those scars and those less than desirable things that society is telling me I need to fix and tuck and and right. inject are um they're they're okay. They're yeah. they're okay. Yeah. And and there's a lot of beautiful things still yeah. about me. You know, I've I've even seen as my daughter has grown up and she's entering, you know, teenage years and I mean she's been a teen she's fourteen. 
she looks at, she'll, she'll come into my room. I'll be mm-hmm. getting dressed. I see her look at me. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the, our children are watching us. Right. And um, they're watching the, the voices. They're hearing those same voices. I mm-hmm. think that how we perceive our, I, I think that our children know. I think it's right. really important, not only for ourselves, but the message that we're sending to our children. Right. Speaking to that, if I'm a mom, and I don't struggle with this, but I, and I'm not better than anybody else, but because I struggle with a lot of other things, but I know that there are a lot of parents who are tied to um, the how their children are perceived. So if their children are chunky or or fat mm-hmm. or bigger than they want them to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I do believe that parents can damage um, because I've seen it. Mm-hmm. They can their words, their um, what the yeah, parents pay kids mm-hmm. to lose weight. Parents say you need to go, you need to go, you know, do this, do this, don't eat that. Da da. So how do we as parents? Um, how do we encourage our children to be healthy mm-hmm. and strong and happy and and not tie ourselves so much to their body image? Right. So I would I would say that um, just remember a few things. Well, the the more we focus in on their innate qualities, the better they feel about themselves the more they're going to take care of themselves. And, and you know. Say that another way. Say that another way. Another way? Mm-hmm. Okay. When we look at our children, the, it, it shouldn't matter to us, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I understand that. I, it shouldn't matter the, their exterior, right? If we're focusing in on their heart, the mm-hmm. fact that they're such a good friend, they work hard, mm-hmm. they're a great listener, they're so funny, mm-hmm. they, 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 they're resilient. We're f- focusing in on their innate qualities. That's the essence of who they are. Um, and then when they see that that's what mom ba- values, that's what dad values, mm-hmm. that's what I want to value. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good. They take you. You want to protect that and 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 take care of that. I also I think when as soon as a child sees that. Gosh, I get a lot of attention from my dad when he when he says, "Oh, you look so pretty in that dress." Mm-hmm. It's it's of course we say those things, but I think the majority but that can't of, be the only thing. Yeah, the saying. majority of the compliments really when we focus in on, you know, what's really inside that person. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I mean that just creates such a, a healthy little individual. Also, understanding that. These boys and these girls, they go through that prepubescent, awkward phase, and the body starts, you know, holding on to, you know, a little extra because they're getting ready for that rapid growth phase. Mm-hmm. That's when I feel like we have the majority of our, you know, young people coming in to see us mm-hmm. at Walker. Because mm-hmm. um, all of a sudden, they're, they're not growing sure into what their to bodies. Do with it. Yeah, they don't mm-hmm. understand mm-hmm. physiology. Mm-hmm. They don't understand that this is absolutely natural. And it needs to happen this way. Mm. Also, the parents don't un- always un- understand, and they think, "Oh my gosh, here we go. We've got, you know, why are they eating so much? You know, mm. we're going to have long-term weight problems." Mm-hmm. That's generally not going to be the case. However, when the focus starts being on that, mm-hmm. um, 
you know, that's where sometimes that that child is feeling like you're trying to control me. Mm-hmm. And that's can be honestly can be the start of the beginning of the end. The eating mm-hmm. disorder, the disordered mm-hmm. eating mm-hmm. or, you know, um, so it's I really just, like that disordered eating. Yes. Because not everybody may have a eating disorder, but I think, oh, there's a whole bunch of people with right. disordered eating. Right. So let me, I hate that we're going to have to end because I feel like we could talk for so long about this, but I, I would, you've given so many, diff, you've given great advice, great remedies um, to this. I mean, this meaning this issue around food and eating and how we look at ourselves. So to end with hopefully um, some hope, mm-hmm. um, I have a sister who struggled with an eating disorder in college. And I remember when she went to go get help, uh, one of the things that her counselor told her was, this will be something that you struggle with for forever. Like mm-hmm. once you have disordered eating or an eating disorder, um, this will be something like she was preparing her, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you can get better, but this will, you're like an alcoholic and you, you will always struggle. You'll mm-hmm. always be an alcoholic. So you have this eating issue and you're going to always have this eating issue, even though you can learn ways to curtail it or, mm-hmm. or get on, get to the other side of it, but it will always be in your mind. And I saw that how discouraged, you know, how discouraging that was for her. So is that true? I mean, if we have, if somebody is listening and they have an eating disorder or they have real bad body image issues or they have disordered eating, is that something that they are going to struggle with for forever? Absolutely not. I wholeheartedly believe that you can make a complete recovery. Wow. I really do that. I would not That's awesome. I wouldn't be willing to work in this industry if I didn't believe that. Mm-hmm. Um, you believe you are completely and totally like, I do. I really do. And I feel like I'm really honest about that. You yeah. know, I, I and I think early on I was willing to dig deep and and really mm-hmm. work through a lot and untangle a lot Get honest. of yeah, get mm-hmm. honest about it. And that's not to say that there's not, um, you know, f- setbacks or, or things that can be triggering initially or for a long time, actually, mm-hmm. um, and being honest about that, too. But it's, um, but to say that um, that you can't make a complete recovery, I don't believe that for a second. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's there'd good. be any hope in that. I think that um, with... A strong support system. I think with being radically honest, mm-hmm. um, without with with not holding on to any part of the eating disorder, letting it all go, just mm-hmm. bit by bit. You know, in other words, I think I referred to it earlier. Just, you know, not allowing for, you know, I'm gonna go, you know, really binge over the mm-hmm. weekend. That's mm-hmm. what I do, mm-hmm. or I'm going to, you know, just purge. You know when I've had too much alcohol to drink or, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. way you want to actually, you know, that's where you kind of keep a foothold, Mm -hmm. you know, you keep Mm -hmm. a a hold on it. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, And it's being willing to give yourself permission to fully recover. Mm -hmm. And that's good. Yeah. And just, I think part of what makes that happen is um, just acknowledging 
progress, mm-hmm. even if it's one step forward, two steps back, or two steps forward, one step back. But that, that's going to happen. But if you, you know, being willing to show up for, you know, your therapies, mm-hmm. you know, not missing appointments or going to group or, you know, whatever it is, whatever Just it is, getting consistently mm-hmm. eating, not allowing for, you know, so I, it is absolutely positive, positively possible. That's so good. Um, I'm so, I'm so glad to hear you say that because, um, because I think that gives a lot of hope to, I would, I would imagine that having an eating disorder would be, um, would be, very much like a prison. I mean, I, I would, mm-hmm. I would not like. I would. I mean, I thankfully, it's just never been a temptation for me. But I think mm-hmm. about restricting, and that just gives me, like, I don't want. I would never want to do that. And I just right. feel like if you, di- that goes against the way we were created. That's right. And so it it really feels like that. And it's so good to know that there's help. Yeah. Um. And, and that there is, there's a, there's recovery. There really is a way to get over it. No matter how little, whether it's a full blown eating disorder or Mm -hmm. disordered eating. And I think there's a a ton of that. So if you are listening (laughs) and this is something you struggle with, that, that I I love what you said, get honest, like just Mm -hmm. tell yourself, tell someone and get honest so that you can get help so that you can because you there there are happier days ahead there are happier days ahead you don't have to live in that bondage you deserve more yeah yeah we were created for more yeah so julie thank you thank Thank you you. for coming and thank you for everything that you shared i i would love to have you back i feel like there's so much more that that we could talk about yeah so thank you thank you thank you thank you appreciate it